1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 447 of Linux in the Shack. This is our second episode back in the new year of 2022, and we want to welcome you into the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is our short topics episode, so we should probably just steam right ahead and get into some of those short topics. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And
1: I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so we're all the same people. However, being not very proactive, I kind of decided just before doing these recordings that I wanted to change the recording night. And then Bill's like, oh, yeah, but I'm going to be in Ireland for three months. (laughs) (laughs) So just to make things more confusing, we're going to be shifting recording nights after this episode twice in the space of three months. But after that, things should stay pretty static. So what's going to happen is, so so when are you going? You're going on the 15th, right? Yeah. Okay, 15th of January. So, so next week we
3: can either keep the same and not change it twice in three weeks?
1: <laughs> well, that's true. I guess there's only one more recording, right? So, and I yeah. don't believe we have anything going on Thursday. So. Okay. <clears throat> yeah.
0: We have my birthday party on Friday, right there's anything on Thursday.
1: Right. Okay. So let's just do it this way. Um on the next recording, four forty eight, which will be a deep dive. That will be done on Thursday as well. And then Bill will be heading out of country. And so what we will be doing is while he's out of country, we will move recordings to two PM on Sunday. So that's Sunday afternoon, two PM Central Time.
0: Starting on the 23rd. we going to work for the
1: weekender.
0: Mm. I guess we didn't, week. we didn't
3: think about that, did we? Yeah. We'd have we'll, to do it a week early, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, that weekender, we'd record the week, basically the Sunday before
1: the week right. it was out. Yeah. That, yeah. that would make sense. Yeah, so it's, we might... it's unfortunate, but we've got to do it anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. So
0: the, <laughs> <this> <laughs> we'll will figure all, it out. <laughs> this will all start on the 23rd.
1: Right. Yeah. And then... After that, when you come back, which is what April sometime? Early April? Late April, yeah. Late April. Okay. So once (laughs) so once you come back and late April. So
0: we're gonna go visit Bill while he's gone, right?
1: (laughs) Well maybe. (laughs) Uh but once once you come back and we're all back in the States again, we're gonna move the recording night to Wednesday. So it'll still be at eight PM Central Time. But it'll be on Wednesdays, and then hopefully it will stay Wednesdays going forward for the foreseeable future. That way, it won't interfere with all of the things that it interfered with last year on both of our sides, because we don't really have anything going on on Wednesdays, and I don't think you really do either. You don't have. Yeah, Wednesday is pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have deployments or plays or, <laughs> you know all the crazy things that, that you were doing on Thursdays and we don't have all the things that we normally would do on Thursdays, you know, interfering with Thursdays. So
3: yeah. And then I can make the, uh, the monthly scout echo link net that I can never make
1: <laughs> for on Thursdays too. So yeah, be nice. there's a couple of nets that I like to be a part of on Thursdays as well that I haven't been able to do. So, okay. So that all sounds pretty good. So we can consider that our lead topic for night. So Pay attention to like the website and Twitter and all the social media networks will be announcing, you know, when the changes are and what the recording schedules will be. And uh, so for a while, it'll be on Sunday afternoon and then it will be on Wednesday night and we'll update everything accordingly.
3: Yeah. So after the next episode four forty-eight, it might we might have like a little delay in the order of the episodes, meaning the the weekender technically will probably follow uh, this show in recording and in num- numeration yeah well as soon as we figure out what's actually going we'll on figure it out now. That, yeah that first that first sunday we'll figure it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or just pay attention to the feed and whatever comes up next comes up next so <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well with all of that confusion out of the way we can get into our short topics for the night and we'll let bill start with Uh, amateur radio see what we got going on here for the first little bit of the year of
3: course yeah and this is uh from the arrl the arrl welcomes new director of emergency management the national association for amateur radio is pleased to announce the hiring of josh johnston uh, kilo echo five mike hotel victor into the role of director of emergency management Johnston is from Ozone, Arkansas, and comes to AWRL with 16 years of experience as the director of Johnson County, Arkansas, Department of Emergency Management. He holds an extra-class amateur radio license, as well as being an ARES emergency coordinator, a volunteer examiner, and an AWRL registered instructor. Uh, Johnston is also certified in FEMA NIMS, as well as SISA Oxcom, uh communications unit leader, COML. Camel, Kamal, Yeah, sure. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Emergency Administration and Management from Arkansas Tech University. Johnston will be based at the ARRL's headquarters in Newington, Connecticut, and will be working with staff and member volunteers and coordinating the AWRL's board board's new emergency communications and field services committee. So big news from the ARRL.
1: Yep, absolutely. I don't know how that will affect me in my day to day life, but someone has a new post and apparently he's moving from somewhere I've never heard of in Arkansas to Southern Connecticut. So there you go. <laughs> moving on, we have one other topic in our amateur radio segment for tonight. We have four band digital SDR Transceiver offers high performance for sixty bucks. Not too shabby. Amateur radio is a hobby that is often thought of as being exclusive to those with a healthy, expendable income. Yeah, for some of us. In recent years, however, the tides have turned. Cheap microcontrollers and signal generators have helped turn things around. And the $60 USD QDX from QRP Labs goes even further by sending the performance-to-price ratio through the roof. You can see more details in in the video below the break, which you'll have to click on the link in the show notes to get to. The QDX is the creation of Hans Summers, who is well-known for producing affordable high-performance amateur radio kits that are focused on low-power transmissions called QRP or Quirp in ham radio parlance. What is it? It's a pocket-sized 4-band, 80 through 20, no work, (laughs) software-defined radio that is designed to be used with some of the world's most popular digital radio modes, like FT8 and JS8 call, as well as any other FSK-based modes, such as RITI. It's also been tested to work well, and within spec, on 60 meters. Ooh, cheap way to get on 60 meters if your radio doesn't do that already. While classic radios have to be connected to a computer through a special hardware interface, the QDX is designed to connect directly to a computer through a standard USB A to B cable. Cat control, and audio are all handled directly by the QDX, and no special interface is needed. While the radio is essentially plug and play, configuration testing and troubleshooting can be done by connecting to the QDX's unique serial console, which, among other things, contains a text-based waterfall. Well, that's kind of cool. I didn't even read this. For those who want to run their own SDR receiver, IQ output can be sent directly through the sound card. Now for the bad news. Due to global chip shortages, yes, the supply chain, as if we have not heard about that too much. The QDX is out of stock at the moment, and there's no telling when they might start shipping again. QRP Labs is looking to source parts wherever they can to be to get more units made, but of course, so is everyone else right now. And that actually that story was actually a few weeks old and came from Hackaday but we didn't talk about it for some reason so now we have. Well, I just want to remind everybody
3: on the last episode that I put a Hackaday story in here, uh I mentioned that these are all freaking ads, these are not stories. <laughs> and here we are, another Hackaday story that is nothing more than an advertisement for a piece of gear that hey you can't even buy because it's not not available because <laughs> of parts so it's even worse than an ad it's an ad that just doesn't go anywhere it doesn't even help the consumer buy some garbage thing <laughs> well qrp labs garbage. actually I'm has, sorry.
1: yeah qrp yeah, labs has a pretty good reputation and honestly once this thing gets built again I think it'll be a pretty cool piece of kit, even if the story itself is an actual ad for the the kit. Yeah, definitely native
3: ad. It's not, uh, yeah, it's nothing new. It's not like it's a kit you can build. It's a kit you buy and just turn on. So it's a full-blown radio.
1: Right. Yeah. And it (laughs) actually sounds like it has some pretty cool features for a tiny little project box, you know, with some parts inside. (laughs)
3: So. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking you can get like, uh, well, it says three bands, four bands, so there's uh, and 60 it says meters.
1: It works on 62, but I'm it's not sure. Five, you, yeah,
3: five. So you could buy five of these for 300 bucks and automate your uh, FT8 station at home and and never have to work another FT8 contact again and have it all automated for 300 bucks. And what what's the version of WSJTX you're using? I'm X, using WSJTZ. WSGTC. <laughs> you can buy, you can download one that's already compiled to run automated, and you can run your beaconing uh, ham radio station uh, for uh, for cheap.
1: <laughs> this is great news. Uh, you're so cynical. <laughs> but that's exactly how you would do it, isn't it? Hell yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I play, I'll be in Ireland. I'll still be working contacts over here, and just yeah, I just won't know about it, right? All
1: right. <laughs> just get it to auto. Go to logbook of the world. I see the second story here is about pipe wire, so I'm going to read the next one because <laughs> I have not. Sure, with... Cheryl can read this one too. Well, that's true. Cheryl can read this one if if Cheryl is not busy doing other things when we're podcasting. Survey says
0: I was face oh. bagging. Of course,
1: <laughs> shocker, I know. Yeah. Twenty twenty two is a lot like twenty twenty one, folks. <laughs> All right. Fine. Well, do, you, do you know where we are in the etherpad?
0: Uh yeah, I'm pretty sure we're at the beginning of segment three.
1: Okay. Yes. We are we are moving into open source topics, and since Bill has thrown you under the bus, you get to read the first one.
0: Woohoo. Ooh, okay, so our first topic is Solus Linux co-lead resigns. About four years ago, in 2018, Aiki Doherty, creator of Solus, left and handed over the project to other developers associated with it due to some personal reasons. Back then, Solus transitioned to some personal or transition, excuse me, to new management and brand new infrastructure with core vision intact. Recently, on January 1st, 2022, Joshua Strobel, the main developer of Budgie and the co-lead of Solus Linux Distribution, announced that he was leaving the Solus project. Interestingly, Joshua is joining iKey to work on Serpent OS. If you missed the announcement for Serpent OS two years ago, you can read more about it on our older coverage for Serpent Linux. While Joshua will continue working on Budgie Desktop, he plans to fork it over to form a new organization inviting ubuntu budgie endeavor os and others to be partners the development for Budgie 10 series will continue and you should also expect budgie 11 in the future as mentioned in one of his tweets this change aims to open budgie desktop for projects using it for using it and improving engagement from others, not just downstream. Fortunately, Solus is not going anywhere for the time being, but considering Joshua was the co-lead of the project, this would again require new management and changes to how the team operates to future changes. And this information came from its FOSS. And there will be more info in the show notes.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. More drama over at Solus, but uh, it looks like this is a pretty, uh, a pretty straight... Uh, yeah, you know, move out with uh, Joshua He's uh, definitely, uh, you know helping everybody with the transition to ensure that there is no disruption and stuff like that with the Solus project So if you're a Solus user, you're probably just fine um, It's just Joshua decided it's time to uh, Time to go a different direction with what he's doing and uh, it's great that he's gonna be uh, getting back together with Ike and uh, maybe helping uh, get serpent os moving along because uh, i've been watching that as well because uh, i was watching that when ike left uh solace <laughs> four years ago now uh and uh, yeah so it's uh it uh, should be interesting time so keep your eye out for serpent os and uh, uh be on the lookout
1: for some interesting changes there all right very good so After commentary, you get to read the next story since you're the one who's into the Pipewire thing, and uh, this is apparently about the latest release. So what's going on with Pipewire?
3: Yeah, so this is Pipewire 0.3.43, totally compatible with any 0.3.x series, so pretty much everything that everybody's running right now uh, was just released uh, this week. In fact, uh, geez, as we record this, uh, it was yesterday. So, uh, yeah, so Pipewire, it's in everybody's system. If you're uh, not, well, gee, I don't think LTS, Ubuntu has it, but if you're running the the latest version, 2110, it definitely is in there, and um, obviously uh, Fedora and... You know, so on and so forth. So if Pipewire is everywhere, and if you don't have Pipewire yet, you're going to get Pipewire. So you might as well get used to it. But this is great. So Pipewire has released another version and tons of fixes, of course, were included in this. Uh, some of the highlights were the Flatpak flat, flat app, such as Ardor, can now remove links again. Many fixes to the Pulse server. Uh, memory usage should be improved. Some crashes are fixed. Underrun handling should be better. Better compatibility with GStreamer based applications after seeking. Uh, many of the sample rate and quantum change bugs in previous releases were fixed. And I'm just going to scroll down because none of this other stuff really matters. But the big thing is, is that those of you that have been having problems with Bluetooth, which are apparently numerous, <laughs> even those of you that have been using Pulse for years and had Bluetooth issues, uh, they did spend quite a bit of uh, effort in the Bluetooth stack to get this stuff to run a little bit better. So here in the Bluetooth, you got uh, codecs hat now have priority. They should uh, should improve codec selection when uh, you know uh, uh, you know handling the the fancy uh, streams that you're playing. False <laughs> <laughs> uh, server has been updated. The stream uh, fixed flags are now implemented. Improve flushing and draining behavior. Fix a crash with enumerating formats. Uh, just many, many, many fix, including some with zero conf and stuff like that. So this is all really, really good news uh, for uh, for Bluetooth uh, devices in the, the Pipewire stack and also on uh, Pulse server. Uh, so, yeah, if you're used to your Bluetooth device being pretty much useless in Linux, uh, there's there's some light on the uh, on the horizon so, of course, this came to us from uh free desktop where uh, all the release information comes from that. So you can check that out in the show notes and see if, uh, if you've been having problems with uh, PipeWire lately. Maybe your uh, situation has been addressed.
1: Wonderful. I'm so glad we moved away from ALSA. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we needed a new sound subsystem. And then after we got a new sound system, we needed a new sound subsystem. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how it goes. People just can't leave well enough alone. Anyway, hopefully this is good news for the Bluetooth folks. I haven't really had any issue with that because I don't use Bluetooth a whole lot, but we'll see how it goes. And that actually came from Free Desktop. And last but not least in our open source related topics, we have, it's a good month for free software with three major releases. Some guy named Rich wrote, the holiday season has brought us major releases of three lighthouse projects of the free software world. We'll see if anybody actually uses any of these things. The first one is Krita, which has reached version 5.0 on December 23rd, which means don't use it. <laughs> um, I don't know what Krita is, or Krita, or whatever this thing is. What is it? It's a SVG drawing app, I believe. Oh, okay, so it's kind of like uh, Inkscape, something like that? Something along those lines? I believe that would be the closest, yeah. Okay, so cool if you use this then you've got a new i must be delayed
0: yeah
1: (laughs) oh you're delayed again lovely
0: it says Krita is a professional free and open source painting program
1: yeah so it must be something like inkscape like me says illustrator for artists more brush type stuff so yeah there you go uh excellent and then also in the sort of artistic space we have blender which is something i've Tried using Once Upon a Time. I think it's like a 3D rendering application. You can do like cartoony type stuff with it, and anything 3D, uh, which is what Blender is for. And then there's KiCAD, which of course is CAD software. So there you go. If you're into any of those spaces, there are new releases of all the software. They're all .dot o releases, so use at your own risk. And the final comment on this from the guy named Rich is: the upgrades are significant, and these three applications already rule their domains at the entry level. How much further will they go? I guess we'll Ooh. find out when they do updates. <laughs> uh, more updates to the one, which is when you should start using any of these. And uh, this came from Soylent News. I noticed a plethora during the holiday season of Soylent Green memes coming through Facebook. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm not sure why. That was but... actually the first time I've
3: seen this site, so I decided to include it because it seemed new to me, but
1: it didn't look new. <laughs> very <laughs> uh, uh, cool all right we do have some stuff to talk about in our linux in the ham shack segment and the first of those bill will cover which is a new release of the wisgitx product
3: yeah the wisgitx or wsjtx for those of you that are counting at home it's a 2.5.4 a general availability release uh, this is a bug fix release it has the following changes since uh, 2.5.3 Uh, WSJTX has a repair, a defect that caused occasional crashes when in a CUSA with stations using non-standard call signs. Yay, special event call signs are now possibly fixed. (laughs) Uh, MAP65 also had a fix that allows MAP65 best fit Delta Phi. Sounds like a uh, sorority or something. uh, Solution to be displayed to the user. So a couple of uh, interesting fixes. If those have uh, applied to your uh, usage of 2.5.3, you now have uh, a new release to play with. And I noticed that uh, my update and Arch actually updated to this yesterday. So uh, so yeah, it's out out in the wild for uh, for you uh, crazy Arch users and probably Fedora. has it. If not, you can just download it directly from the site. It seems that they've fixed their build stack. And they had everything up there available for download, including the latest deb's and uh, rpms. So, so yeah, yeah, check out uh, the latest release of WSJTX. Wizjedix, Wizjedix.
1: Yeah, very cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I put in here since we were kind of short on Linux and the hamshacky type topics, some experimentation, some experimentation rather. I did yesterday alongside Tony K4XSS, with WFView which if you don't remember what that is, it's the ICOM software that's done by Elliot Liggett and others that creates um, a virtual interface for newer and some older ICOM radios. It's kind of geared toward the newer stuff, like the 7300, 7500, 9700, stuff like that, uh, that has the ability to do the pan adapter and the waterfall and all that cool stuff, but it will run on older Radios are run with older radios like mine, the IC 7100, which is also the radio that Tony has. And there was a new revision released in December, which is 1.2 Delta, which is listed as a beta. It does have some problems, but I'm really finding that it could be really useful when they work out the bugs because it started locking up on me for no reason. But the ability for the remote control to work is the part I was experimenting with, and it's really, really cool. And Like being able to have an interface to my radio on a remote machine is really nice. Plus, it passes the audio through, so you literally can have access to your rig for FT8 and for voice away from the control point. So it's a nice remote application in that sense. And one thing it also does is it creates a daemon for Rig Control-D. So you can, instead of having a Rig Control-D instance running in the background, you can actually use W F view to do Rig Control-D. And then connect your applications to WFU so you can have both running simultaneously without interfering with each other, which is really nice. And I had a Windows computer connected to a Linux computer. The Linux computer was the one connected to the radio, and the Windows computer was the remote one. And I was able to do most stuff, activate the tuner, change frequencies, you know, link my WSJTX to the radio uh, through the remote link. Tony actually got it to where he was able to decode audio remotely. I didn't get that far. And then the local instance of WFU started to lock up like frequently. So I'm not sure what's going on. But I'm hoping this will actually go forward and start being a really good way to get Cheryl in the air because she can't really get into my office right now, which is where the radios are. So we could get this front end connected to her computer then she could get on the air without being in the room with the radios, which would be nice. So we're working sort of in that direction, and I think WFU is going to be the way we do it. It's uh, just a little bit clunky and buggy right now, but they have done some major UI interface updates, so that's really nice. It looks much better. Things are sort of where they need to be. Configuration options make more sense, and it's much cleaner. Lots of good stuff in the one-two Delta. And looking forward to the next release where hopefully they clean up some of the issues. We will explore further on the program as time progresses. And you put in here any holiday apping happenings to share in this segment. I guess I I, I guess don't WFU have was anything. that, right? <laughs> well, except that was like yesterday. It was sort of after the holidays, but uh that was in uh, the break, right? So right, it was
3: definitely in the break, yes. I did I did buy my first DMR radio for my trip. Um but I'm still programming it. So nothing to report there. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds about right for DMR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does have cool software. So it's like, I'm able to just kind of just plug everything in and hit upload. And all of a sudden it's like, bloop! I have all these memories and zones and areas and stuff like that. So still trying to figure all that out. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I only bought it cause a lot of, there's a lot of DMR apparently in Europe and in, uh, and in ireland so uh so yeah so i bought a uh, a play toy to play with so we'll see how well it works when i get there
1: (laughs) all right sounds good well then i'll have to be on dmr with you because i mean we've got the reflectors and everything up so we should definitely be able to connect with ireland over dmr no problems at all sweet and yeah the whole thing about like pre-programming the radio and then dumping the code plug that sort of was like the biggest hurdle for me getting into dmr but once you get over that hurdle yeah it's all super easy cool i can't wait well, oh, you haven't made it that far yet? You haven't, you haven't had the epiphany? Well,
3: I have not, like, I have not, like, transmitted, and, well, actually, no, I, I take that back. There is a local DMR repeater, and I have keyed it up. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I have confirmed that I could program it and get on the repeater side of it. I didn't actually join to the other uh, channel that has, that's already linked up somewhere else or something like that, so... So yeah, I still haven't, I still haven't done that, and I have absolutely no idea how to change it on the radio itself. So <laughs> I still have to learn how that works. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I, I still have a way to go with with that whole thing. But uh, but it's far, it's good enough for now. If I can just at least listen for the first few weeks, I'll be fine.
1: Good news then. So actually, that brings us down to the end of our topics for episode number four hundred and forty-seven. But that's not quite the end of the show because we got to bring Cheryl in here at the very end to do the social media roundup and unfortunately for her since we've been gone a while it has allowed the social media roundup list to sort of stack up so (laughs) um take a deep breath and uh enjoy it
0: yeah stack up is an understatement (laughs) so so we start off our list with our patrons which is Reginald Addo, William Large, Steve Annis, Andy Cowley, Gary Tibbetts, David Scarfe, David Slaughter, Jim Lawson, Patrick Eng, Douglas Schock, Eric Guth, Brandon Rozak, Michael Burdack, John Spriggs, Robert Lewis, Robert Pitts, David Jakeway, Darren King, Cubicle Nate, Samuel Vimes, Peter Caffrey, Don Rhodes, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rulo, Donald Gever, Herb Garcia, Steve Metcalf, William Heckelman, Randolph Smith, and Andy Webster. For our subscriptions, we have Vincent Martin, Bob Alberg, Paul Mooney, Craig Chrysan. Sorry we've missed you. Chris DeLuca, Eric Muller, Carl Backus, Isaac Gere, Thomas Foy, Michael Burdack, Kevin Ivey, Tony Coberly, Ronald Icke, Johnny Kinsey, Peter Spots, Fred Cole, Bill Piotr, Robert Halliday, Wayne Hell, John Clark, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling, Howard Dittmer, Todd Bowers, Michael Carey, A. Taylor, Dylan Engel, Jim McKenzie, Bill Collins, Robert Black, Darren King, Randolph Smith, Robert Yerke, Steve Yella, Alan Wilson, Mark Farrell, and Jeff Zimmerman.
1: And, and before you go on, I just want to comment on the Craig Kreisen thing. <laughs> he joined as a PayPal subscriber in June, and this Oops. is the first time we mentioned it. <laughs> So, apologies there. <laughs> yeah,
0: massive apologies at that. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, not sure how you slipped through the cracks, Craig, but uh, we've mentioned you now, and thanks for not, like, You know, freaking
0: out on us, freaking
1: out and like (laughs) unsubscribing or whatever in all this in those six months. But uh, and just in case anyone hasn't been keeping track, which most of you, I'm sure, if not all of you, I'm sure, are not, that brings our number of paid subscribers to sixty seven. So I have to say thank you to all of you. I can't believe sixty seven people are willing to give us money to listen to this crap. wow (laughs) hey we've never been anything but self-deprecating on this show you can that's true so but thanks really one and all for supporting us financially uh it's actually between patreon and the paypal subscriptions and stuff is going to allow us to be able to do some pretty good giveaways here coming up soon and it may in fact allow us to get to hamvention without having to do a fundraiser
0: provided hamvention actually
1: right but, yeah. but the la- you know, all the years we've done Hamvention, we've had to do a fundraiser to get the additional funds that we need in order to, to make the trip. But we may actually be able to do it entirely on monthly donations now. So that's pretty cool. All right. That's enough of that. You can go ahead and continue with the list because Facebook is right. pretty long.
0: Yeah, Facebook is long. So starting out our Facebook friends, we have Michael Leonard Farkas, Marshall Van Wagner III, Christopher Patrick Walker, T.J. Johnston, Jared Brown, Darren Moss, Martin Gardner, Flom Wellman, Ken Bell, James Webb III, Anthony Stein, Amlan Chatterjee, Kurt Zimmerman, Matthew Sparks, Bernard Muller Time, Gene Manville. Do you
1: recognize that name?
0: Yes, that's our friend Bernie.
1: Yes, I know. I, I'm not sure he's actually listening to the program, but he did join yeah, us, he on Facebook, us on Facebook. So. Yeah, liked us on Facebook. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wendell Holbrooks, Jackson Harvey, Patrick Lapointe, uh, Duke D. Leedy, uh, Michael Carey, Robert White, James Booth, and Richard Donahue. On Twitter, we had at Gerald N88311212, at WorldBeyond7121 at Guru Stave, at KylieAA0Z, and at G-O-V, or G0VJG. On YouTube, we had Longfeather127, Gustav Michael, Kuber Koos, Derek Trounce, and Bob C. On Discord, we had F4CPY underscore No one joined us on the mailing list, and no merchandise sales.
1: All right, very cool. Well, you know what? That brings us down through our first non-weekender of the new year, 2022. So we want to thank everybody who's still with us after the years rolled over. We hope you had a great holiday season and a great new year, and it's been going pretty well for the la- the first week here. Uh, things are pretty good here, and it looks like, you know, Bill is actually going to make it to Ireland. And yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> we'll
3: see. And, and still, you know, you never know. We could all fail our, our you know, our test right before we leave and then, you know, have to stay a few weeks.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. But please pay attention to the website and to the social media networks where we will update when we will be doing live recordings so you can keep up with that. And with that said, we'll continue to do the show one way or the other until, you know, the end of time or, or something. <laughs> but. That brings us down to the actual end of the show. This has been our short topics episode, the very first one of 2022, episode number 447 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And we can mention the folks in the chat room. We had Darren VK6EK, Ted WA0EIR, Anthony N0WJE, Dan KB6NU, Bike Me, and Tony K4XSS. Thanks all for being here. Have a great week, and hope to catch you for the next one. I'm Russ K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl W5MOO.
1: And I'm Bill N4RD 73.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info-lhslive. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com-lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter, and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash Podcast on the FreeNode network, and the Discord invite link is URL .bcts .info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast .info or leave us a voicemail at one nine zero nine. LHS show that's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or Hamfest. email ambassadors at LHS podcast.info for more information Or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.